It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. We are on Record Store Day. It's Carcon Carney. I'm James Van Alsel. I'm sitting in a real live record store with Bill Lindquist, who is one of the owners of Siren Records in McHenry. Uh, we're recording this at 8.15 in the morning. Doors just opened. I, I'm surprised that you're actually sitting down with me because as a record store owner, isn't it kind of stressful as the crowd kind of filters in here? Uh, I think right now, last year, we learned um, start small. Five people in, five people in. Seven, seven, ten. Monitor what's going on. As long as there's not huge lines going at the registers, we're going to be able to handle crowd influx coming in here right now. It's when the register gets backed up. That's when we know we got to hit the brakes again. So I pulled up Bill at seven o'clock in the morning. The line was down the block. By the time doors open at eight, it had doubled. Is this a typical behavior for Record Store Day? Uh, I think we got an advantage this year, silly because there was a, another local store that's not participating, um, and I get why he's not because the stuff's expensive, the margins are very minimal, uh-huh. uh, you know. But right now, I mean, just seeing the growth over the last eight years of doing the record store day, record store day, record store day, and to watch yourself grow and to watch people wearing your clothing, your shirt, standing out line, and it's it's the most rewarding part of owning a business is seeing all the support you get for your business. I mean, this is a true community Definitely. initiative. Yeah. So I, I guess that leads to the question, is Record Store Day good for record stores? Record Store Day is good for a store. As long as the store can do the best they can, probably the hardest thing is when you make friends with customers, sometimes customers assume that you're going to do things for them and bend the rules. and. While Record Store Day is important and you want to accommodate all your friends and do everything, you still have to follow what you agreed to, which is the pledge, which is on the Record Store Day website. Not really holding back product, not gouging people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's great. It is frustrating because you're wondering the guy that just walked out the door with that one piece you had, if it's going to show up on eBay before he drives out. And you hope that it doesn't, but... Uh, there's cases things do that, and that's the frustrating part. But in general, it allows people to see your store that have never been here before. Yeah, that's a good point. It's something I don't really think about as often. Is that almost like scalper mindset? Like the, some of the people who wait in line might be waiting in line just to flip product. There are some. I'm not going to argue that. Uh, look, I can't tell people no but if i learn habits of people that we've seen throughout the course of time and realize that yeah that guy is really only here and he asked me for something i'm gonna play stupid and say i don't know i'm not the one that put away product i'm gonna make it as difficult as possible for that person without telling him no he can't have it if they want to go spend the day hunting for that one piece that's their prerogative let's talk a little bit about the hunt because the scarcity of the record store day releases drives this activity the mm-hmm. the need to have access to these things that may not be accessible 48 hours from now uh, what are we're here for the june edition of record store day this is going to happen again next month the, the june drop uh, what are some of the 
more coveted releases today? The Triumph box set. Which Triumph. Are, yep, which we already saw walk out the door. Uh, that, that's the Allied Forces box set. Yes. Uh, the Motley Crue tape box set. So it's like a collection of cassettes. You only got one of those, right? Correct. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so is it like a, a battle with record stores across the country to get products? Um, I think it's it's not so much a battle. Everybody puts in a wish list and hopes that they're going to fulfill as much as possible. Uh, it is frustrating when you order 20 of something and you get two. Right. Um, and we've seen that a lot. And when you play different, call uh, like a... Um, Various companies that are one stops, a distributor per se, but they prefer one stop over distributor for some reason. Uh, you try to order X amount from vendor number one, and then you try to get a little bit more of the same product you just ordered. Um, what I generally do is look for anything that's made 50 to 500, and I put in huge quantities to all of our vendors just for those titles with hopes to get one, two, three, sometimes. And, and just to put the brakes on there so people understand. You're talking about products that have a maximum pressing of 500. Yes, or less. Nationwide. Worldwide. Worldwide. I mean, that speaks to the scarcity. I mean, think about that. I mean, we, we grew up in a time when records were mass-produced and available everywhere, available at the, the turnstile and the venture. 500 pieces. I mean, this is like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Um, for a record collector, yes. I collect other things, and... I do a lot of sport cards. So when I see stuff that's a one of one or out of five or out of seven or 10 or 15 or 20 or 25, even though something is scarce, it eventually surfaces. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll find its way up there. But for an event today, like, you know, guys that are holding out saying, hey, I really want that one piece, but there's only 500 made. Um, there's a couple of people in line. We've been yelled at for that going, why did you only have one? And you're like, do the math. Right. I'd be Do glad the that math. there's one on there. I think people miss the mathematical equation of things, but that's why we go after the very rare and just put in huge quantities, and then we keep adding to quantities of various things. Um, some titles you're just going to be able to sell all of them. I think uh, Lincoln Park might be completely gone. Lincoln Park Meteora. This was on this blue. is one of the larger. I want to say like eight thousand pressed for something like that. Yeah, on there uh, we got like twenty of them. But it's nice when you watch all 20 of them walk out the door. But it's frustrating when somebody finally gets off work at 1.30 yeah. and they're driving for that record. Yeah, for sure. On there. Bye, guys. Uh, you're waving to customers as they're leaving. I have to say, just sitting here, I'm perched between two registers right now. Uh, people, by and large, seem really cheery and enthusiastic. Um, there's definitely a, a, a friendly vibe. I just got to tell. Hey, mm -hmm. Chris. Chris, you want to tell Stacy to let people in? More people okay. are coming in. We're, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. I apologize. It's, it's 820 in the morning, people. I mean, th there's a steady stream of people. Oh, my God. Uh, but what I was saying was people seem really jubilant. Is that is that typical? Like, I've waited in line for two hours. I'm here. I found what I want. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it's it's there. They're, they're, the reason of getting out of bed and the fulfillment you know, it's like being excited. You got your Christmas present. You got what you wanted on there. So I, I do enjoy watching people just go through their list and overhearing them say, I got everything. 
I didn't go over budget, and I still got everything. And then they have a tendency to buy a few more pieces. Um, and that right there is the benefit to a retailer, isn't it? People come in for those exclusives, and then while they're there, this just reinforces what the value of a record store is to a, to a customer. Yes. Um, sometimes, you know, through the course of events, we'll look at how much product is left on the shelf at, say, like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Look at the number of how much revenue we've done for the day. And then look at other pieces around the store that have disappeared going, okay, somebody spent 500 bucks on that record today. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's, it's great because and people have a memory. So as they're shopping and they're looking at it and they're talking to people and they're like, I was over there. I, I saw the Misfits of Mars. I, I saw Sack or Lillington's or something. I got to mention my favorite people. <laughs> as a record buyer, as a consumer, as an enthusiast, there are two different things at, at play here on Record Store Day. There's the idea of getting these highly collectible things, but records were meant to be played. I agree 100%. So where do you stand on that? You rip open the shrink wrap, get that thing on a turntable, play it when you get it home? Clean it first. Yes, clearly. Because new records aren't pristine. They have debris, they have dirt, they have vinyl. So if you're buying a new one and it skips right away or plays weird, clean it, then put it on your turntable. Um, that's something I guarantee you people don't do. That, that, that's a no, pro tip right there. They just assume, and you know when your record's kind of jacked, is when you pull it out of the sleeve and your arm hair sticks up, <laughs> and you're walking over, and you just, a good way to prevent the static is go to the spindle and put your finger on it, because it's a grounded table, so it helps discharge your body, so that you're not introducing more static. And that's mm -hmm. where you get all that crackly, snappily stuff. It's just static pops. It's just electrocution just blowing up on your table wrecking your shit so um, always clean get some distilled water put it on a microfiber wipe it down break the tension get some of that down there they're going to enjoy a brand new record more and there uh, as far as tearing it open everything that i own i play regardless of how much i've invested into it for my own personal self um, there's no point in having an album on the shelf to stare at it. It was meant to be listened to. I completely agree. I completely agree. When it comes to running a store, you have to kind of forecast how these records will perform. And I mean, you're putting out money. I mean, it's a gamble. You're, you're betting on the success of A, the event, and B, the product that's going on the shelves. Is there a stress involved with this? Is there... Hey, what kind of risk are we talking about with Record Store Day for an independent retailer? Uh, all you're doing is buying a bunch of scratch lottery tickets and hoping for the winner. But if you buy enough scratch tickets, you're going to hit. Uh, yeah, but the odds aren't always in favor on there regardless. You can get a whole bunch of $2 winners before you get a $10 winner. True enough. You know, um, having multiple... Um, avenues to get rid of things and i hate to say get rid of record store day stuff or get rid of your stock that didn't sell can we just euphemistically say move product in order to yes um we'll watch what goes out the door right now and i think around one o'clock they said we can start loading our website with product mm -hmm. so if you're going hmm that didn't really sell that well it just my store wasn't didn't have enough fans for it. It doesn't mean it was a horrible release or anything. It just means now I have to go put it out there for other people to see. So if you monitor what's going on, you can still get rid of stuff, sell stuff, 
and not absorb losses so heavily. Uh, we got like one bin over there that, I don't know, there's probably 800 records from last year mm-hmm. still in there because as we did orders and we got our allocations and things were, we ordered 20, we got two. Well, those 18 eventually showed up. Got it. Uh, but it's lost its luster. Mm-hmm. So that's where the bite comes in. That's where that's where you got to be careful. What there. what drives enthusiasm? Is it artist driven? Is it new to vinyl excitement? Is it re-release? Is it picture disc? Is it seven inch? Like what 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 gets people really excited about record store day? Um, various outtakes. I mean, there's like I think uh, Morrison Hotel right now has something where the, the Doors Morrison Hotel. Yeah. Uh, there's that in the replacements. In the replacements. And they're all, it's a remix. It's various outtakes. It's different cuts. So if you're a fan of those, you know, it's It's stuff that's else. not circulating out there already. It's that. You would hope. But when mm-hmm. you get into the realm of the bootleg industry, those are the selling things for some of the bootlegs. Where they'll do outtakes, B-sides, studio cuts, blah, blah, blah. Stuff you find on YouTube. And then they put it on vinyl. And then I think eventually labels look at it going, well, if they're selling a whole bunch of this, we can do the same thing. But let's put it on green, let's do 2,000 of them, and see how that market goes. Some of this stuff eventually does find its way back in a normal rotation. Just you'll see some limitations to maybe it's a different color. Uh, maybe it doesn't have the bonus track on there. But we do see sometimes things just recirculate through normal flow mm-hmm. on there. When did you open Siren, the original location? Uh, 2012, 13, something around there. Could you, I mean, vinyl was ascending again at that point. It was. But nine years later, it's certainly in a better spot than it's ever been since maybe the late 80s. I'll agree with that. Um, the people that still collect vinyl, uh, You'll, you'll notice, I mean, there's, there's guys like me that are in their 40s. There's guys in the 50s or whatever that they still collect. Vinyl never died. They just didn't make as much of it. So mm-hmm. supply and demand. People still enjoyed going to stereo shops. People still wanted to do stuff. As <clears throat> retailers started going, hmm, those aren't selling as well as they used to. You notice, like, Best Buy starts taking things off the shelves or you don't see that. But it's still available online. Mm-hmm. So it's, I used to enjoy going to Record Breakers. Mm-hmm. That place was awesome because I drove a lot. Cars still had CD players when you bought them. And then you ventured through Record Breakers. You got your CDs, your used CDs. You went over there, you got your imports. You had to get the bootleg VHS tapes. And then you wound up in the record area. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're a stack of shit. And you're like, awesome. Before you know it, there goes your paycheck. Yeah, I got horrible habits. I got to go to a baseball card store. I got to go to the record store. And then I got to hit the comic shop. One thing I talk about a lot on this podcast is the value of curation. I mean, you talked about online shopping. Uh, to me, the benefit of a place like Siren Records or just a brick and mortar record store, period, is being able to say to the person behind the counter, I'm really into this band. What else should I be listening to? And you can't do that algorithmically. You can't do that digitally. Um, So I'm always the the guy that's vocal that says, when you come to a music store, don't have an agenda. Just walk into a music store. 
don't be afraid to grab just hey the cover looks cool um usually if it's bare-chested men in suspenders it's not a good choice uh, i've learned that pro tip yeah you know don't buy that mm-hmm. um if it lo- just looks like it's going to thrash and melt your speakers in your house down, 80% of that doesn't meet expectations and fails. And if you can't read the title, God help you, because sometimes that really sucks. Or sometimes it's the best metal you've ever heard. I, I'm not going to argue that. I'm just, I'm, I don't have good odds when it comes to things like that. But, but the value of walking in, I, and I agree, being able to just... Commit yourself to 90 minutes or two hours in a record store and just kind of let... Right. Go in there and enjoy. Um, one thing that I like to do is, especially at daylight today, is take local bands that always get overlooked because, sorry, Beatle fans, but this is my problem with the Beatles is you go, hey, why don't you try out the usuals? Or why don't you try out this? And they're like, yeah, I'll go home. I'll check it out online. I'll download it. I'm going to take this Beatle record. And you're like, then F the Beatles. No, I didn't say they're a shitty band. I just said F the Beatles because you're trying to convince somebody, go buy a record, go buy a CD, buy music that you can get in the car, go see them play, support them, talk to them, hug them, kiss them, make friends. Don't be up to other people's asses. You're not going to get anything out of it. Paul McCartney and those dudes, they released their same shit over and over and over again. It's called Cash Grab. And as a music fan, there's that pride in discovery. Like being able to say, oh, yeah, I found that Usuals record. Right. It's fucking awesome. And I mean, look what I've called you with. I'm like, dude, you know Devil's Teeth? And you're like, yeah, they're going to be on the show. And it was like, I just randomly got that because cover looked cool. It had the OBI strip. And when I played it, I'm like, it's awesome. And then I'm like, Milwaukee? Surf yeah. Rock? Really? Um, today love we Devil's put, Teeth. Today we did the Tijuana Hercules. You saw. Mm-hmm. I met John. I got 20 of them. I chucked him in the wall with all the rest of the record store day stuff. I love that. I'm hoping that people are list shopping going, what the hell is that? It's not there. Uh, maybe they assume it's ultra rare. I don't really care. But it, it's an easier sell to have somebody try something new when you mix it in with what they're buying today. So does two record stores become disruptive? Or two record store days, excuse me. Record store days become disruptive or is it... Um, was it easier when it was just record store day and Black Friday? Yeah, having it that way is a lot easier. It's a lot more friendly on the wallet. Plus, you can actually get out and do something because mm-hmm. you're dealing with April. So your people are still cold. They're in the house. It's a little shitty outside. Um, now we're getting into doing a couple different ones. It's how much of this do I buy for June? And how much of June is going to get pushed to July mm-hmm. and how much stuff for July is going to get pushed to November. We can't keep up all the pressing plans, all that. I mean, th- these guys are just pressing records and pressing records. But when you see months and months, that just tells me that other bands that want to have a record pressed are waiting months and months to True. get that press because all the pressing houses are jammed up with it. Um, well, I'm sure they're working around the clock at this point. Right. Just um, the demand is, is... Demand is there, and as more things are demand, and the faster people work, the more careless mistakes are made. You can get records that are warped right out of the package. You can get mm-hmm. something that's chipped, off-centered. The hole doesn't fit the spindle. You know, and so you'll, you'll start seeing various things, and you, you try to monitor that. Uh, I just... 
do wish that they would say, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, out of the 600 and something titles that generally come out, I'm in support for probably better of 500 of those titles and some of the other titles I don't feel that we need to do again because mm-hmm. there's already been 500 different pressings of it. So why have 501? It's just, I know that you need big names to draw people in the store. I get that. But Record Store Day and to support local businesses, support local music, um, that's what I want to see more of. Yeah, I agree. This is where when I'm ordering going, no, I did not order Zappa. Not that I don't like Frank Zappa. But let's face it, every Zappa album that's come out in the last 10 years is the same fucking Zappa album with a different name on it, with a different breakdown of it. It's true. And that... That production took away from somebody trying to get their album released, a band self-publishing trying to get something in there. It, it, you know, it's that took away, and that's my, it's my biggest bitch about the thing is, there's those hundred titles that take away or six hundred other bands that sure. were, haven't been discovered, need to go. So as we're recording this, obviously, uh, stuff has already sold out probably across the country. At Siren Records, there are things that have just disappeared. So spinning things forward, looking ahead to the July Record Store Day, what excites you about next month? What are the, what are the big ones to... Lillington's. 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 It's, yeah, if anybody knows me, they're going to know that the Lillington is going to be my biggest one on there. Um, what I actually like to do in the evening time is when things settle down is look on the wall and get stuff that didn't sell and open it up and play it. And then generally you wind up with some a piece of gold mm-hmm. and then you get to promote that even harder and just say, well, glad then we bought this because now I actually have a copy of it. And then when you start sharing it to their store or friends and it's online and then people start messaging you, hey, you got another one of those? Sure on there but uh, anytime there's a Lillington's release or something in there it's just 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 being a fan I mean it's something I'd stand in my own line to get (laughs) on there sure I get it all right so Bill Record Store Day we are here at Siren Records McHenry Uh, I'm amazed at how orderly and calm and congenial isn't this nice how we've got this down It, it is I mean this is learned through the years of how to do this right i'm sure yeah it's just you know when when there's we learned the hard day we had one register open we had a line that went all the way into the hi-fi room and while you had that many people waiting to check out people get frustrated um there's less space for other people's to shop so now if you're kind of looking around the rest of the day is going to be people that are going to come out they're going to flip through the used records they'll flip through the new records so the, these next couple hours is actually where the revenue comes in makes sense on there more of more of a browsing crowd right they're just in here they they're if they get one they're happy if they get none they're not upset because they found something else right you know this this is the moment where you're like super um i anticipate another hour and a half the phone will be ringing off the hook and it'll be the same things over and over and over that people are going to be looking for on there and hopefully we got stuff with folks well bill you know this is one of my favorite places on earth to be period i love siren records i love coming here it's it's so growing up and listening to you on the radio and traveling and 
going down to like India and working for a long time and then driving back up and just, just hearing things. I mean, I'm always joking about that. I did it for the Nookie. What was that? 10 or top 10 at 10. Top 9 at 9, yeah. Top 9 at 9. And I, it, that got played all nine times. It's mm-hmm. still like my most vivid memory of Q101. It's that day where all that got played. I thought that was hysterical. But it's, I would have never thought, like, I have somebody that I listen to on the radio in my store that's a fan of my store, like I'm a fan of them, and my kid's next to me, and your kid comes here, and I mean, it's... Oh, he loves coming here. Right. So, that's like the most rewarding thing, is just making friends with people that you just never once thought, hey, whatever. You know, I love it. You're more than just a, a, a voice on the radio. I mean, you're a friend, and now it's kind of like... Wow, this is so wild. So it's 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 still more um, overcoming for me to just realize where we've been to and where we're at today. And there, it's yeah. There's there's nights where we just sit outside and stare at our windows with the awards on there and everything, and just go, shit, we actually did something. Yeah, you did. And we did something on five hundred dollars. That's amazing. You know, that's what this turned into. That's I love that. That's that's the American dream right there. It is. You know, here's five hundred dollars, go start a business. Okay. You know, it's my wife needed something to do and we were selling shit at a flea market and I still I, I collect so much crap, James. So I'm buying storage units back then. I'm not doing the T V storage unit stuff, but more selectiveness, not trying to be the movie star. I just I've been collecting crap since I was born, thanks to my father. He was one of the Toy Fair founders, so he worked for Parker Brothers. Okay. He worked for Viewmaster. Worked for GAF. So growing up, oh, yeah, there was always DNA, for sure. Always they had art galleries. So I grew up. They did antiques. So my childhood was spent in auctions. You start learning. You start liking. You start going. Hey, wait a minute. That's a buck, and that thing just sold last night at the auction for two hundred bucks. And as a kid, you get bit hard, man. When you can realize you can make dough when you're not even 10 yet and you're buying something and it's in your parents' antique store and they're like, yeah, that's sold. You got a couple hundred bucks. You don't know what to do. I mean, that's that's more than bikes and games and video games, man. That's that's a shopping spree at Toys R Us. You're like, Without it. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Sounds good. Spend all your money. That's what I was doing. I'm... So the customer just said to Bill, uh, he just blew his paycheck. A couple minutes before he said that, I heard him say, go ahead and take my money. Just that, That's the enthusiasm for Record Store Day right there. Go ahead and take, take my money. my money. It's just, the, these are music fans. These are collectors, which appeals to you. These are music fans, which appeals to you. Oh. So I spent all morning trying to find my Britney Spears shirt. And, of course, Clay walks up with a Britney Spears shirt. I was so... It's a handsome shirt. My choice was, no, I didn't do nothing yet. That's next. Um, you know, it was one of those, like, trying to find the the shirt to wear this morning. I went with basic black. It's was, very slimming. I just want to wear my Britney Spears, my good luck Britney shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't count. I would not wear a Bowie shirt. Why would you I want to wear the Britney shirt? Spears. Your dad took the, he's, he's wearing Britney Spears. And, What's wrong with the Bowie shirt? They don't come in 3X. No. Um, <laughs> I have the worst Bowie taste. Let's, Let's Dance is my favorite Bowie album. Yeah, no, that's not okay. Um, 
I said I got the worst poetry <laughs> on there. And that's just because of the soundtrack era growing up in the 80s. I get that. I mean, I, I remember Absolute Beginners and Labyrinth and right, all that I mean, stuff in the 80s. I got the Miami Vice soundtrack. Um, what was the one that had Bowie's Let's Dance on it? Uh, I don't know. No. There was one, This Is Not America. That I'm was sure. Falcon and the Snowman. Falcon and the Snowman. Mm-hmm. That's a hard movie to understand when you're young. No doubt. And the only reason I saw it was because of that song, the, the Bowie and Pat Metheny right. group song. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. <laughs> I totally agree. And when, you know, so I was buying stuff like that going, hmm, this is great. You know, Chicago, Stay the Night. That's about my favorite Chicago song. <laughs> and that's only because I, sorry. Just you, you like what you like when you're of a when certain When you're age, growing you're up music. and you're young. Because I had, you know, people have their Michael Jackson thriller back then. Never owned thriller. Man, you're missing out. I don't know if that's true. No, it's you're missing out. I don't think and so. not not you're just missing out because if you get past Thriller, get past Beat It, and actually listen to that album, it's incredible. The guitarists that play and all that, it's amazing. Just try it. I've heard the album. You know. I'm sure you have. Fine, but have you heard it? Oh my lord! Okay, Bill, we're at, we're at Siren Fires. It is Record Store Day, June twelfth, twenty twenty one. I love being here. Uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast so that I can lurk around and see what people lurk, are, are snapping up. Take your money too, so I can give you my money, so I can maybe grab that L seven or oh, what was that blues comp I saw? Chicago Blues, Volume One, Two, and Three. That's a gorgeous set. Yeah, three records on there. Thank you for supporting and allowing me to take their money. Um, I love Skyler. He's, he's a great kid. And uh, that, that dead box set looks like it's highly appealing to people. You know, there are, I, I hope every dead fan got the Grateful Dead box sets that we had here. And not somebody that went, well, they're selling for $250, $300. Right, doing the speculative buy. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want the fans to get get their hands on it. You can't control it, like you said, but in a perfect you world. Just yeah, I happen to take yeah. And a dollar is a dollar, I guess. Just you, you become emotionally attached to some of this shit too. When you're putting it away and you're sure. looking at it, and people are calling you all week long and they're excited, and you know, you, you just hope. It's like having a whole bunch of puppy dogs, and hope they all go to a good home. That's the perfect metaphor. Bill, thank you for doing this. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. It's Carco and Carney. Thank you for watching and listening.